Welcome to Music History Monday for November 6th, 2023. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is The March King. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash robertgreenbergmusic, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. We mark the birth on November 6, 1854, 169 years ago today, of the American composer, conductor, and violinist John Philip Sousa. Born in Washington, D.C., Sousa died in Reading, Pennsylvania on March 6, 1932, at the age of 77. Timing, location, life experience, and talent. We are told that talent, be it athletic, musical, artistic, culinary, whatever, will only take us so far that without commitment, hard work, and perseverance, talent is, in the end, nothing but potential. But success in any field in which innate gene-given talent is an underlying necessity requires something more than just blood, sweat, and tears. It also requires timing, location, and life experience. We consider. How many potential William Shakespeare's have been born in times and places in which vernacular secular theater was not being cultivated to a revolutionary degree? How many latent Sebastian Bach's lived until one was born into the perfect family and at the perfect time and place to exploit his skill set? How many possible LeBron Jameses existed before the invention of basketball? I would suggest that what made Mozart Mozart was not just his talent and work ethic, but that his father was a professional musician who trained his son at a time and place when high-end music-making was considered culturally indispensable. If our Mozart had been born in 1999 in Cupertino, California, to a father or a mother who worked for Apple, how do we think his talents and energies might have been directed towards music? I wouldn't bet on it. Yes, talent is huge. But timing and location and life experience make the artist as well. And rarely will we find a more striking confluence of talent, time, place, and experience than in the case of John Philip Sousa. John Philip Sousa, 1854 to 1932. He was the third of ten children born to immigrant parents. His mother, Maria Elizabeth, born Trinkhaus, 1826 to 1908, was born in Bavaria, in what today is southern Germany. Sousa's father, John Anthony Sousa, 1824 to 1892, was born Joao Antonio de Sousa in Spain to Portuguese parents. John Philip was born, and the family lived in a modest house at 636 G Street in Southeast Washington, D.C. The address is significant 
because it was close to the United States Marine Barracks where John Phillips' father, Antonio, was a trombonist in the Marine Band. For our information, the Marine Band, based in Washington, D.C., is not just any military band. Known as the President's Own, it is today the best and most prestigious military band in the United States and among the very best in the world. It was John Philip Sousa himself who led the Marine Band from 1880 to 1892, who turned it into the crack ensemble it remains to this day. Life experience. Growing up, John Philip Sousa's musical Mother's Milk was military band music. It was in his blood, his DNA, and he was never to veer far from it. He was a musically precocious child. In either 1861 or 1862, at the age of seven or eight, he was enrolled at a private conservatory of music at 511 8th Street there in D.C., which was run by a well-known violin and viola teacher and cornetist named John Esputa, Jr. It was at Esputa's School of Music that young Sousa studied piano, music theory, and, one point or another, most of the instruments of the orchestra. John Phillips' greatest musical love was the violin, on which we are told, quote, he gained great proficiency, unquote. So much proficiency that at the age of 13, he was offered a position in a circus band. It would appear that the young Sousa wanted to take the job because his father Antonio felt he had to step in and get proactive. Antonio Sousa enlisted his son as an apprentice musician in the Marine Band. John Phillips' rank was listed as boy. His enlistment at 13 was what was called a minority enlistment, which stipulated that he would not be discharged until his 21st birthday. Our compliments to Antonio Sousa. That's one way to keep your kid at home and out of a circus band. Except for a brief six-month break, Sousa remained in the Marine Band as stipulated until 1875 when he turned 21. The next five years were Sousa's years of wandering, that period experienced by the vast majority of musicians between the conclusion of their education and their first real job. After leaving the Corps, Sousa stayed in D.C. for a bit, playing the violin and conducting. He then went on tour with a number of theater orchestras working as a violinist. In 1876, the year of the American Centennial, he moved his base of operations to Philadelphia, where he gigged as a composer, arranger, and proofreader for music publishing houses when he wasn't touring with theater companies. Sousa was on just such a musical theater tour in St. Louis when he got the call. He received a telegram asking him if he'd like to take over the leadership of the Marine Band in Washington, D.C. John Philip Sousa did not have to be asked twice. He reported for duty on October 1st, 1880, 
becoming the Marine Band's 17th director. Timing and Location This is where timing and location vaulted Sousa and his music into the forefront of American culture. By 1880, the year the 26-year-old John Philip Sousa took over the Marine Band, the belief in American exceptionalism was in full bloom. American exceptionalism posited that the United States was a unique, God-given, and chosen nation, quote, the first new nation having a unique mission to transform the world, unquote. For pretty much every American, except black and Native Americans, that the United States was exceptional seemed self-evident. The frontier had been conquered, and a continent-sized nation had been united by a transcontinental railway from sea to shining sea. The natural resources of the American continent appeared to be virtually unlimited. American know-how and Yankee ingenuity joined with the Industrial Revolution to create a period of unparalleled industrial and economic growth in the United States. For the millions of immigrants then coming to these shores, America was the promised land, the land of the meritocracy, where the streets are paved with gold. The last two decades of the 19th century was a period of intense jingoism in the United States, of flag-waving patriotic fervor and militant machismo. A cliched but accurate statement. More than anyone else, it was John Philip Sousa and his Marine Band that created the soundtrack for this era of exceptionalism. John Philip Sousa marches. Sousa wrote a lot of music. Fifteen complete operettas, five orchestral overtures, two tone poems, 68 songs, 11 suites, various dances and fantasies for piano, and hundreds of band arrangements of 19th century Western European symphonic works. But pride of oeuvre, if I may perhaps invent that phrase, must go to his 136 marches composed in the 49 years between 1873 and 1932. While tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes post will deal with Sousa's marches in some detail, we will make the following statements here and now. 1. The marches of John Philip Sousa were a product of and became inextricably bound up with the belief in American exceptionalism and thus this period of flag-waving American patriotism and nationalism. 2. As the conductor of the Marine Band, which he forged into the best band in the land, Sousa had the perfect bully pulpit from which to perform and popularize his marches. 3. The seemingly universal popularity of Sousa's marches was largely due to a new technology and a new industry, both of which came into being in the 1880s. That technology was commercial sound recording, and that industry was the American sheet music publishing business.
sheet music. Sheet music had been published in the United States, primarily in Philadelphia, Boston, and New York, since the early 19th century. But with the population of middle-class Americans skyrocketing during the mid and late 19th century, and seemingly every middle-class family with a piano in their parlor, the publication and sale of sheet music went from a niche business to a big business. By the mid-1880s, the publication of sheet music in America had become a major industry, and sales of successful titles were no longer measured in the thousands or even tens of thousands, but by the millions. Publishers vied with each other to sign top talent and to find new talent as well. In all of this, John Philip Sousa's timing could not possibly have been better. In 1886, the now 32-year-old Sousa composed his 30th march, The Gladiator. His growing reputation brought the march to the attention of the publisher Harry Coleman, whose publication of The Gladiator sold over a million copies. Yeah, The Gladiator made Sousa famous, but it was his march, The Stars and Stripes Forever, composed and published 10 years later in 1896 that made him rich. In just his lifetime, the Stars and Stripes Forever earned Sousa over $400,000 in royalties from sheet music sales, roughly 14,656,620 in 2023 dollars. And sales since his death in 1932, to say nothing for royalties from recordings and public performances, have made his grateful heirs, they'd better be grateful, wealthy as well. Recordings. Once again, talk about perfect timing. Thomas Edison, 1847 to 1931, invented the first practical device for recording and reproducing sound the phonograph cylinder in 1877. Patented in 1878, Edison cylinders, quote, soon spread across the globe, and over the next two decades, the commercial recording, distribution, and sale of sound recordings became a growing new international industry, with the most popular titles selling millions of units by the early 1900s, unquote. Among the most popular titles on these early Edison cylinders? Yes, you guessed it. Marches composed by John Philip Sousa. The next big techno step in recording and playback was the invention of the flat gramophone record by Emil Berliner, 1851-1929, a technology he patented in 1887. For our information, despite having been born in Germany, in Hanover, not Berlin, Emil Berliner emigrated to the United States in 1870 at the age of 19 to avoid being drafted into the Prussian-German army. He settled in Washington, D.C. and became an American citizen in 1881. Berliner's flat discs played louder 
than Edison's cylinders. They were as well cheaper to manufacture and easier to transport and store. Among the most popular titles on Berliner's discs, you've done it again. Yes, yes, marches composed by John Philip Sousa. All told, by 1892, the year Sousa left the Marines and started up his own band, the Columbia Phonograph Company had produced and sold 60 recordings of Sousa conducting the Marine Band, making him a national celebrity. By 1897, the Marine Band, under both Sousa and various other conductors, had made over 400 recordings of Sousa's marches. They were among the most popular early recordings ever made, and the Marine Band became one of the world's first recording stars. Conclusion John Philip Sousa had talent, my goodness, by the container shipload. But for his talents to be honed to scalpel sharpness, then given the opportunity to flower and finally to be appreciated by not just a national but by a global audience, well, that required life experience and the most exquisite timing and location. Growing up in America's capital city during a period of intense patriotic fervor, the son of a trombonist in the Marine Band, Sousa had the opportunity to develop his skills as a composer of marches to a degree unique in Western music history. Aided then by the budding American sheet music and recording industries, Sousa, as both a composer and conductor, became not just a beloved American icon, but an international celebrity. After leaving the Marine Band in 1892 at the age of 38, Sousa created what he called the Sousa Band. With John Philip and his baton in the lead, the Sousa Band toured for 39 years, from 1892 to 1931, performing 15,623 concerts in the process. They played not just across the United States, but across the world as well. More than anyone before or since for that matter, John Philip Sousa raised marching band music to the level of the highest musical art. We would wish him the happiest of 169th birthdays. In tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes post, we'll return to Sousa's marches and an indispensable recording of 20 of them by the United States Marine Band. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.